listening to the Chain Clankers Podcast with your hosts, Quinn Ferris and Horatio Gonzalez. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Chain Clankers. Welcome everyone to the Chain Clankers Podcast. I'm your host, Quentin Ferris, joined here as always with Horatio Gonzalez. We've got a fantastic episode for you guys lined up today. Horatio, why don't you tell the folk at home what we're planning on doing today? Yeah, so today we have something kind of different, uh, kind of cool, I think, especially for all of us going into offseason. Everyone, um, for the most part, is upset about uh, evenings being short, not being able to go play, and then kind of just saying, oh, I'm going to put my bag away in the closet and just wait until spring, basically. But for the other people that want to keep getting better and then want to come out of the spring season better than they were this season, um, this episode's kind of for you guys because we're that way. We want to get better. We want to improve our game. We want to do a lot better in tournaments next year than we did this year, actually get something out of it where we're competing for to compete and not just to kind of do it just for fun. So we're going to talk about some of our goals that we have um, that we want to work on this off season, and not just saying, oh, we want to get better at putting or, oh, we want to throw farther. Uh, we've written down our goals, broken them down in a way that, you know, you can measure them. They're attainable. They're realistic. I'm not going to write down a goal and say, I want to throw as far as Simon was at, you know, by next season. It's, I know my what I can do and what my body can do, and I'm not going to do that by next season um, unless I start taking steroids or something. But we'll, Hey, maybe that's what uh, we got to do. Let's keep the sport clean. Yeah. Um, so these are goals that, you know, for me are attainable. I can track them. They're measurable. And that's just kind of a way that I've always uh, done goals in my life. It's something you can you can track and uh, you can look at every day and you can hold yourself accountable. And if you have a buddy, I know uh, me and Quinn will be holding each other accountable. Every week we'll be like, hey, how's that going? Did you get your practice in this week, you know? And if you have a buddy, do that the same with them. Someone you go and play with uh, during the season see what their goals are, and hold them accountable. Practice with them. Make it a little bit funner. If you have a garage or if you have a basket somewhere in your basement, invite them over and just putt, you know, for 30, 40 minutes. It's not the same like going to play, but it's still something. So that's kind of what we got in store for this episode today, and hopefully you guys can uh, take something away from it, maybe write down your own goals. Um, share your goals with us. Uh, make a post on Instagram, you know, what your goals are for this off season, and share them with us. And we'll kind of see what everyone else is uh, working on this season. But what what do you have? What goals do you have for this season? Yeah, so definitely I, we want to hear what your goals are. So definitely hit us up, Chain Clankers, on Instagram. If you're on Twitter, do that. Something I'm working on behind the scenes right now. Maybe I'll have it posted by the time this episode goes up but i i think i'm gonna make a fa- disc golf facebook group for our, our podcast um just where you know those who listen or those who are into disc golf we can all just kind of join talk maybe we can all hold each other accountable on our goals there um so definitely interested in doing that so if i haven't made it already by the next episode i will so definitely be on the lookout for that uh, as well but i i do think that this is a really important episode because you can either be the same player you are for 20 years and never get better, or you can take those incremental steps to continue to get better and to continue to grow your game. And that's something that we want to help with with this podcast, right? If you remember all the way back to the intro, we said, Hey, look, 
this is where we're at right now. We want to continue to get better. We want to take you on this journey with us. We want to take you from maybe somebody who's playing in rec and finishing dead last to somebody who inevitably wins a rec tournament. Maybe they move up to intermediate. Maybe they move up to MPO, something like that. So we want to take you along with that journey with us and continue to get better. So starting with my first goal, my first one is to get healthy. If you listen to our episode uh, with Disc Golf Strong, we or I guess I, I mentioned that I was dealing with some hip pain. Um, this has been something that has been persistent, something that I cannot get to go away right now. And it's very frustrating to have to deal with. And so I, I have to come to terms with the fact that I'm not healthy right now and I need to take time to get healthy. I need to either go to physical therapy. I need to be working out. I need to be researching how I can get healthy right now because when I throw, It'll be okay, it'll be okay, it'll be okay, and then all of a sudden on one drive, I'll feel the hip pain again, and it just will not go away for the rest of the day, and it's kind of like a sore, kind of tight, it's just pain, I, I can't get it to go away, and it really all started way back in like the middle of July when I was doing field work, and I was being very dumb with my field work back then, but I would just throw 10, 10 drives as hard as I could. In the first one, there was a pop in my hip, and I could feel that pain. And since then, it just has not been able to go away. I've had it go away for a little bit, but it inevitably will always come back. So the first thing that I need to do is I need to get healthy. I need to work out a way to get my hip healthy, I think. Starting with just working out more, working more on my lower legs and just legs in general. So my my first goal is to get in the gym at least twice a week and try to continue to work on that, do more stretches, work it out, ice it as much as I possibly can, maybe three times a week, four times a week, something like that. And getting that hip healthy because that is inevitably what it's going to lead to more explosion in the lower leg. I mean, think about it like baseball, guys. When you see, for example, Mike Trout, one of the best hitters in baseball, when he's hitting, you're using a ton of hip movement. And if your hip is hurting, like it literally hurts to rotate my hips. If a baseball player can't rotate their hips, their power goes away. Same thing in disc golf. If you can't rotate your hips and have explosion through your hips, you're not going to be able to get as much out of your throws. And yesterday I went back to a course that I played a tournament in. I think I shot a combined plus, I want to say 16 or 17 or something like that uh, between two rounds and yesterday I shot minus six so obviously there's been that improvement but I started to deal with that hip pain after hole four and I just couldn't get it to go away and I literally just said I don't care I'm just gonna deal with it I haven't played in so long I want to I want to play but inevitably that's gonna it might be okay now but it's gonna lead to eventually hip pain let's say when I'm 30 or something like that and then what if I can only play until I'm 35 because it just hurts so bad instead of being able to play until I'm 65 85 whatever it is so I need to take care of my hip now I need to take care of my body so my first goal is to ensure I'm doing that icing working out stretching doing research to find out what the hell is wrong with it figure that out and inevitably get healthy, be ready to attack this 2021 season and be able to perform and just be able to play without pain. That's definitely something that will be so much more enjoyable. Horatio, what do you got on deck for us? Awesome. So um, my first one is become confident in circle one. And so what that means for me is obviously I am not going to get to the point to where I'm 100% in circle one. You know, you're going to have those... um, those that you miss. 
So my goal is to become 90% or better in circle one putting. And the way I'll be able to measure that is I'll be I'll use U disc and just do the uh, the putting games in there and do the circle one putting. And I'm going to do that for 30 to 40 minutes, three times a week. Um, if it's nice out, go out in my backyard or maybe go out to the course and get out of here for a bit since it's getting dark. I mean, I get off work at 4, get home 4.30 or so. It gets dark about 5.30 now. I can still make it to the park and not play around, but I can putt for 30, 40 minutes and at least be out there instead of just you know being at home or in the basement uh, locked up or something. So I'll be doing that. I'm actually going to go to, because I'm going to be putting in my basement. And it's not super loud, but I'm going to see if I can find like a foam piece or something to put in the middle of the uh, the, the pole of the basket. That way it just makes the, the putting a little bit quieter. So I'm not making a ton of noise and it's just not ridiculous. But yeah, I'll be able to put that in my basement. Luckily, I have that option so I can stay out of the cold. Um, but if you have a garage or something, you can put in your garage. Um, but that's my first goal is just because, I mean, putting is what's going to win you tournaments. So a lot of times, if it's a birdie or a par, I'm usually in circle one, uh, if that makes sense. If I have a really, really good drive on like a hole that's um, 300 or so, and I have a birdie look where I'm in circle one and I miss it, and then... Obviously, I I miss it and then tap in a uh, a par. Or if it's a longer, more difficult hole, and I'm fighting for that par, I'm usually in circle one. So I spend a lot of time in circle one, and I just want to be confident there and be able to execute. Yeah, I I'm gonna piggyback off of you, and my second goal is to get better at putting as well. But I'm gonna do it a little bit differently. Unfortunately, where I'm located, I don't have a basement. I don't have access to a garage, and maybe some of you are out there like that as well. You don't have access to those things. What are you gonna do to get better at putting? And let me tell you what, folks, grab some gloves and and some hand hand warmers because it's gonna be cold out there. But if you really do want to get better, this is just something you're gonna have to deal with. You're gonna have to be outside, and I think the winter is an especially interesting time to get better. Because I feel so, and please correct me wrong, at least here in Kansas, the winds are out of control during the winter. They pierce your soul with their coldness. I absolutely hate it, but here's the thing, and we can vouch for this in our last tournament, you're not always going to play in perfect weather. You're going to play when it's windy. How do you perform when it's windy? Can you still putt when it's windy? So I think that's something that's really critical and something that I'm definitely working on this year is getting better when it's windy outside. And with it being winter, you know, some days it's going to be windy. Some days it's not going to be windy. But, you know, I I live in an apartment complex, so I'll just take it out to, you know, either I'll take my basket out to just somewhere in the complex. There is like a nine-hole golf course at my complex, so... I can just throw it on one of those greens and be away from everyone, or I can just throw it over by my apartment and just uh, do it there as well. But that's definitely something I want to do is I want to get out there at least twice a week. Uh, If I can get out there more, I'd love to, but at least twice a week, I want to get out there for 30 minutes to an hour and just practice on my my putting and something that Horatio you've done before me I was just able to do it as well is when you find a putter you really like you want to get at least multiple of them have at least two of those things I personally recommend five if you can afford it over time get up to five because that will allow you to get better quicker in my opinion 
it's already worked for me. You can practice the same putt multiple times. Something that I know Eagle McMahon did in a video a while ago was like a hundred reps or something like that from one spot. And you can just break that down into 20 sets. So it's just much more manageable. Uh, it keeps things easier, more organized in my opinion. So that's really my goal here is to be able to work on that putting. And I want to, like Horatio said, I want to be solid inside the circle, but I really want to make sure anything within 15 feet I want it to be automatic. I don't even want to think about it. If I'm inside 15 feet, I want to be able to have my bag on because it's automatic. It doesn't matter. Like I don't have to think about it. There's absolutely no stress. I know what's going in. So that's really where I want to get. And then from that 15 foot range, I know if I land inside there, I literally don't have to think about it. It's it's an automatic bird. It's an automatic par. It is what it is. It's going in the basket. And then slowly over the winter, continue to work out and then start feeling that way about 18 feet then about 20 feet, 22 feet, 25 feet, and just kind of keep moving back. And something that I want to do to wrap up the end of my practice is take about 10 to 20 shots from outside the circle, from various, from whatever distance it is, and really work on that circle two putting. Because in circle two, you can fall forward, you can take a jump, you can step, you can do whatever you want. So I really want to work on that. And something that I've found through this first season of disc golf is that I changed up my circle two putting a little bit too much. First, I tried to just strong arm it and then I tried to do straddle and jump and then I tried to do a step and then I didn't like that and then I tried to leap and then so now I've kind of gotten to the point where maybe if you watch Chris Dickerson, who hopefully we'll have on the show here pretty soon, as well as James Conrad, they kind of do this step putt and that's something that I've been working on and something else that I want to learn is how does my disc actually fly? That's something that's really critical is if my, is my putter straight? If I throw my putter at the basket or just a wee bit to the right, is it going to go in? Do I have to throw it on a crazy hyzer? What's going to happen from that circle too? Because you want to be able to, and I think this is really important and something I've really tried to pay more attention to is what is my disc going to do when I throw it? Learn what your disc actually does. Don't just throw it and hope. Throw it and be and put that in the memory bank and be like, okay, if I throw it like this, this disc is going to do this. So with my putters, yesterday from circle two, I threw a couple and I threw them a little too nose up and they missed or they didn't have enough speed on them or whatever. If they did get there, they would just barely go over the chains. But then I decided I was going to throw more nose down and it was stronger. It was faster. It hit the chains with authority. So that's something that you want to learn is how do you actually throw the disc to get it in the basket, especially from circle two. So I think taking about 10 to 20 of those shots, you know, that's what two to four different sets if you have five putters working on that circle two accuracy because like Horatio said putting is really where you're going especially at the lower divisions uh at, at rec intermediate I'll say that's really where you separate yourself from the field because let's say everyone can throw 250 to 300 that's fine but it's after that, and I'll talk about it a little bit later with the approach shot, is that's where everyone separates themselves. That's where you then become someone who is par or birdie, or you're a bogey, double bogey, those kinds of things. So I do think it's really important to be confident on the putting green. Never go into a putt stress. Don't go intense. Have that muscle memory so much to the point where it's 
you know what's going in, you're confident. If you miss, you're literally bewildered that it happened. And that's something that I need to work on right now because I'm someone where I have this nervous tick where when I throw the disc and I think it's gonna go in when I'm putting, I'll get nervous and I'll just go to pick up my mini and my other disc so that way I don't have to see it miss. And I'll feel better about myself if it doesn't go in. But I need to work on holding that follow through through the point that it hits the chains. I learned this by watching the USDGC coverage, listening to Philo Brathway commentate. You want to, he explained it, definitely watch it and he'll say it, but he almost explains it when you're putting as you want to like put your hand in the chains through your follow through. So that's something that I need to work on along with this putting. It'll give me more confidence. I'll be able to find out how my disc flies get it in the basket because putting is what's going to separate your game even if you're even if you're not playing in tournaments you're listening to the show you love disc golf you just want to play with your buddies those kinds of things don't you want to beat your buddies let's beat your buddies let's get better let's 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 put your hand in the basket let's work on our putting because even if you're playing casually, a lot of your friends probably aren't going to do anything this off season you can separate yourself and you can get better this off season Putting is really going to be that, in my opinion, it's the number one thing outside of getting healthy that I want to get better at. That's one of my big-time goals. Great show. What do you got for your second one? My number two goal for this offseason is going to be to improve my sidearm. I want to be able to get um, get it to be consistent at 300 foot and plus. Um, I can throw it easily 150 to 200 now or so. And it comes in handy, but I want to be able to get it to 300 foot plus consistently um, just for some shots that are, you know, you can't really do a backhand. And or sometimes if um, your backhand isn't feeling great, if you need to be able to throw a sidearm for some reason, I want to I want to have that in my bag. I see some players struggle because they have no sidearm at all. And so I think having that. And it's not always going to be, if both your sidearm and your backhand are equally as good, um, you're just going to be an amazing player. But everyone's always going to have one that's better than the other. But I think you should at least try to have them be both consistently and not just stick to one. My backhand right now is pretty decent. Obviously, I'm not going to stop training that and working on my backhand, but my sidearm needs some work. And so what I'm going to do to get that better is I'm going to work on my form and my sidearm. I think a lot of people, they focus a lot on backhand form and trying to get the timing because there's definitely more moving parts that goes into a backhand. And so people put a lot of um, effort and time to learning their form on backhand, but not so much in sidearm. They kind of, I mean, they kind of know what you're supposed to do and just hope for the best. But if you don't, get your uh your form corrected on your sidearm it's very easily to hurt your elbow i know tons of people that don't throw correctly and throw sidearms all the time and their elbows are always hurting or if they only throw sidearm because they never figured out their back end because it's more difficult to figure out all the timing and stuff um their elbow just doesn't last and um, you want to be able to do it correctly i know ego has some amazing tutorial videos um a couple other players have some good um big germ has a good uh, tutorial video on sidearm so i'm gonna just do some uh recordings of myself to see what i'm doing wrong what i can improve and then just go out and throw two to three times a week at about 70 percent i don't want to i'm not really looking to burn my arm off throwing so much but more of just getting that muscle memory 
a lot of sidearm and backhand even is going to be muscle memory. And if I can go out and throw for an hour about 60-70%, I'm going to be able to get through the practice and be consistent. If I go out there and I start throwing at 90-100% in the first 10 minutes, the other 50 minutes of my practice are going to be trash. They're going to be worthless. So if I can go out there and throw 50-70% to 70% consistently, I'm going to allow my arm to learn that movement, learn that muscle memory, and then get better that way. And so especially with it being uh, getting darker sooner. I'll probably be doing that on the weekends, going out to play the courses in the mornings or something. And so I, something I've started doing also is maybe I'll go play around by myself or with a buddy or something, and I'll try to throw sidearm only. Obviously, there's some holes where it's kind of useless or not really um, can't really throw it, but I'll try to throw sidearm only. Just to put me in that put me in that mentality of okay, I'm gonna. This is the only shot I can do, and I'm and I, it forces me to actually throw it uh, intentionally rather than just seeing how my sidearm is that day. So that's one thing I want to get better at, and I'll keep you guys updated. I can throw 300 now, but I've only done it a couple times, so I want to just be able to do it confidently. What, yeah. I'm really glad that you mentioned that last part of only doing sidearm at a course because I think that's one of those things that will also help people get better is when you force yourself during a round that, hey, that's this is all I'm throwing. Don't take it as a scoring round. Take it as a round to get better in. Don't always score your rounds because you're not going to have fun near as much. You want to take some rounds to just get better, work on practicing, doing those kinds of things. And I, I, I'm really, yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that in just to piggyback real quick before I get to my last one, I think that along with, you know, like how I just said, learning how your putters fly, learn how your discs fly. That's so important is if you roll your wrist over, what does your disc do? Does it shoot to the left? Is it going to go left and do a little flex and come back to the right? What happens if you have too much angle on it? Figure those things out when you're throwing. And when you do that, You'll be able to, in a tournament, in a, in a scoring round, with confidence, be able to pick out which disc you want to throw, and it'll just make your life so much easier. Um, so definitely do that at home. Figure out how your discs fly. I even learned last night, I was like, you know, I, I'm not able to hit this because I'm throwing too high, and then I was a little bit more athletic in my backhand stance, dropped a little bit lower, and I was able to just throw these discs on an absolute rope, so understand how your discs fly, understand how your form can change that. So definitely really, really like that. My final one for today's show is working on that approach shot. And when I'm talking about working on that approach shot, I'm talking like 200 feet and closer. I'm really trying to hone in on it, maybe even a hundred feet and closer, but I want to eventually get it out to 200 feet. Maybe even starting with, yeah, yeah, I think 100 feet is a good, 75 to 100 feet is a pretty good starting point because your likelihood of being able to step putt that in is not very high. Maybe that's your approach is a nice layup, uh, a step putter, your jump putter, whatever it is from 75 feet out and you just kind of nestle it on, uh, near the basket. But what I'm talking about with the approach shot is I arguably think that, and I, I it's so easy to say this with literally everything in disc golf being like, oh, well, this is the most important part of the game because that's what you're talking about right now. But think Think about, let's say you have a 450 foot hole, 
let's say you're like us and you can hit 300 if it's a very good throw, but more than likely you're going to be in that 250 to 290-ish range, right? So if you're in that range, you've still got, let's say the hole's 400 feet, you still got roughly another 150 feet to go. It's a par three. How are you going to get there? right? Your approach shot is incredibly, incredibly important. Even if let's say it's a 300 foot hole and you throw it 275, 300 even, what you do next is going to be so critical. So that approach shot is something I really want to work on. I want to work on the backhand. I want to work on the forehand because sometimes there's going to be a tree in the way or the line's not good. You're not going to be able to throw the backhand every time. Sometimes you're going to have to throw a forehand. Maybe you're going to have to throw a straight shot. How do you throw a straight shot with your approach disc? I personally, when I, I think, I mean, this is something that's been an interesting development in my own game is that I really don't use mids anymore. If I do, it's, I'm really far back and I think a fairway driver is going to overcook it. But I don't really drive with them a whole lot. I prefer to drive with fairway drivers if I don't think I need a distance driver. Um, but really, it, I'm using a zone. I'm using a tactic. I'm using a harp every now and then as my approach shots from 200 feet and closer. And it's really one of those things where how do you get underneath the basket? How do you put yourself 10 feet away? How do you put yourself 15 feet away? Because you can throw an approach shot and be 30 feet away and your par save is gone. Now it's going to be a bogey where if you combine the putting and now you combine your approach shots, you're going to be able to see your scores get closer to even and get closer to being under par. And I think that's really, really important. And the way that I'm going to do that is kind of like, kind of like yours, maybe doing it a lot on the weekends, but depending on my school schedule right now, I'm kind of able to get outside a little bit during the day. Um, so maybe once or twice a week, just going out there, setting up my basket 200 feet apart, and then just working myself out or working myself back in, working on those approach shots. But I think something that, you know, going on the field and doing that is great because you don't have to deal with any obstacles, but going to a course. And if there's no one around or there's no one there, you know you can, throw a hole multiple times or throw a shot multiple times on that course from different spots on that hole because then oh now you have to deal with the tree on the left well there's low hanging branches on the right there it's a tunnel shot those kinds of things and that'll allow you to get closer to the basket it'll allow your scores to go down so i think doing that once or twice a week maybe even doing it on the weekend something like that is really going to help doing that and finding that approach disc that you really really like and like a putter maybe get two maybe get three of them that way you can just be able to practice them like i know i've got three different zones right now one is ESP, one is Z, and then one is the Crystal Flex. Um, I broke down and inevitably bought one of those Brody Smith zones, the stock version. What It's a nice disc, okay? It's actually not that bad. It's definitely the most overstable zone I have, but that's something I have to learn, and I know if it's overstable, trust the disc. Trust the disc hanging out right. Know it's going to come back because here's the thing. I depending definitely depending on your wind reads, but I would rather be a couple of feet short and be really close to the basket than overcook it, not throw it far enough right and throw it too close to the basket and a fade out left. And now all of a sudden I'm 15 feet past the basket. So 
I think that's something that's pretty critical is learning to not overcook things, learning to get yourself close. Those approach shots, they're going to save you strokes, especially if it's a windy day, for example, like the last tournament we played in. If my approach shots would have been closer to the basket, my putts would have been 5, 10 feet away, and I would they would have been stress-free putts. Instead, they were, you know, 15, 20, 25 feet away, and now in the wind, that's almost with 30 mile per hour winds where my putting game is, I'm probably not going to make that consistently. So having those approach shots that get closer to the basket and inevitably maybe a couple of them go in and you steal an eagle or you steal a birdie or something like that out there. But really getting down that approach shot, learning that sidearm, learning that backhand, learning how to throw straight. I think that's going to be something that's really critical. And like I said, I just want to do that one or two times a week, get out there and just kind of learn it and, and not throw in a hundred percent, not trying to overcook it, doing those things. Um, maybe this is something that I've kind of had to deal with. Maybe going from, you know, taking an X step when I do it to being able to stand still, lean back and just pull through and it doing what I want. Because definitely when I'm that close and this is something that's been wrong with my form in the past is I've been someone who like looks at the target when they're throwing. And we've talked about that personally. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast yet or not, but that's not good for you. You want to let your head drop or go a little bit back. That way your whole body can rotate much easier. Um, I've definitely seen my drives be better doing that. So now it's one of those things where I have to do that during my approach shot. I have to trust the disc. And another thing that I've been harping on this whole episode is learn how your discs fly. If you learn how your discs fly, I mean, this goes literally all the way back to when Logan Harpool told us about this. Learn how your discs fly and your game's going to get better because you can trust your disc to do things. I think that's really important. And I really think that getting that approach shot down is going to be very critical for my game moving forward. Horatio, what do you got for your last goal? Yeah, just before I go to my last one, um, I was going to say, and luckily for you, um, you have that course near your house, baby Toto is what we call it. And you guys might have a course like that near where you live and you might go out and play for, play it for fun because it's a nice short. A lot of the holes at that, it's a nine hole and most of them are about 150 to what? 210, 220. Um, I want to say, yeah, I think the shortest one is a 153 and then the longest one is like 222 two-ish or something like that i think a majority of them are more in the range of like 170 to about 200 right and so when you go and play that it's fun because you go out and play kind of like an ace run kind of course and yes, that's fun. that is exactly what i've been doing the last month and i get frustrated because i get so close and then they don't go in um but yes yes i agree and when you play like that you're tending to be more aggressive you're tending to go for the ace or bust and like oh what if i'm if i get the ace that's awesome but if i miss who cares i'll just pull the birdie or pull the or pull the par but i think that's awesome that you have that course and you want to work on your approach shots because you go out there and mentally instead of playing it as an ace run course you play as an approach shot you you say okay the t-pad is where i landed for my drive now I need to play for par. I can't really ace it. I mean, there's no point in trying to ace it if you're in a tournament and you're 200 feet away. I mean, that's crazy. Not even pros are going to do that. So you're at T-pad. You're like, okay, this is where my disc landed. I need to put it under. And you go out and play that course. One, you get to play, get a little round in. And two, you get to practice your approach shots and you learn, learn and throw different discs. I mean, I'm sure you're getting to the point where you go out there to that course 
and you know exactly what disc you're wanting yep. to throw in every hole so you don't my throw warship. anything else. Yeah. I want to throw my West Side Discs <laughs> Warship because that thing, I, okay, hot take, two hot takes real quick. One, everyone needs a Warship in their bag. That disc is the greatest mid-range of all time in my opinion. I, lo- I mean, especially on this course, I really like it. But also, uh, yeah, throwing those putters, those zones, tactics, harps, those kinds of things. Um, but yeah. Other hot take before I, I give it throw it back to you. I think every town or every area needs a small course like this. They need a putt and approach course like this because more people will want to come out, more people will want to play it. And also, my girlfriend loves playing that course because she's getting par. Sometimes she's getting birdie, so she's having more fun when she's out there compared to when we're playing bigger courses. So, yeah, I really like it, course, and I'm really glad you said that. I should have mentioned that when I was talking, but yeah, that's an incredible course. Go find a course like that near you if you have one and really work on those approach shots from there. Thankfully, this one, annoyingly, but thankfully, they don't have concrete tee pads. It's just kind of a dirt tee pad, so it's like actually throwing in the field instead of throwing off a regular tee pad. So yeah, that that's a really good call out. Cool. Um, so my last one, number three, it's going to be learning and uh, really dialing in my flex shots so for maybe you guys don't know or kind of new flex shot is kind of the easiest easiest disc or most discs that you usually uh, throw it with Um, it's going to be something that is overstable something if you throw it backhand for a righty it's going to go out right and then fade left pretty hard and if you don't have that much power it's going to fade left really early and those discs just want to finish left all they want to do is finish left um and one person that's really good at these shots is nicola castro but basically what you do with a flex shot is you throw the overstable disc on an anheuser so you're basically throwing it at the angle that the disc does not want to go it wants to correct and it wants to finish left so for a backhand righty you're throwing on an anheuser out left which if you threw an understable disc that wants to go right or um, is going to fade more right, it's going to turn over and become a roller. That's how you get a roller is you throw a understable disc on an Anheuser. Um, so a flex shot, you throw a overstable disc on an Anheuser and it has the disc go out left. And this is one way to get more distance on overstable discs, but then it, it'll fade back right and then it'll finish left. So if you're wanting to get more distance out of your overstable discs and not just use them for crazy hyzer shots, this is one really good way. Or there's some, t- there's some holes where I'm at and I'll have obstacles over to the left and maybe the right side is open. Not necessarily a tunnel shot, but I can throw, I'm getting a little better at it, but I can throw an overstable disc and then the basket's directly in front of me so I don't want my disc to fade out too much and then I'm left far away. I want it to go out left, come back right, and then fade right by the basket. Um, so this is a really good throw to have in your bag. And that's one thing I want to dial in. And I'm not talking about just drivers. I'm talking about getting it dialed in for my mids and my putters. I'm sure you've been in a situation where you're putting and you're maybe in circle two and there's a tree in front of you. Most putters, are even if they're neutral, they're still going to want to finish left. So you throw it out on an Enheiser out to the left. It's going to fade out. It's going to come back right, and it's going to fade back in. This is a really easy way, if you have an obstacle in front of you, to make a putt from 
30 feet out or so. And it's really cool because it doesn't take that much power. You don't have to jump put it. You can just throw it like you would a regular throw, but with a little bit less power. And same thing with mids. If you do this with, um, I throw an Innova Gator a lot, which is pretty overstable. But if I'm in a tunnel or if I'm um, somewhere where I have trees uh, to my right or something, I'll throw it on a flex shot. It's going gonna, it's gonna to fade and just do that flex shot every time for me. And I know it's going to do it every time. And so it's really convenient to have and to be able to do. So that's going to be something I'm going to be practicing two to three times a week. And it's something if you go and play around and maybe you only throw flex shots. And for your approaches, you only throw flex shots for your putts. Even if you have nothing in front of you, I've been doing this kind of if I'm um, 40, 50 feet out. And I don't want to jump putt because I feel like when I jump putt, I lose some... Um, I lose some consistency, and since I'm th putting a lot more power into it, I've been doing more kind of like a flex shot on my putts from outside of circle two, and it's been a lot better because the disc will kind of just want to die out right by the basket, and you won't be left too far out. I've even made some, and they're really cool to watch because the disc will just every time just glide out left, come back right, and then just drop in. So that's one thing I'll be working on, and... It's a really fun shot to learn. It looks super cool. Um, go look. Go look, watch on YouTube. Nicola Castro and some other players just throw flex shots. And it's a really cool cool shot to watch. But those are my goals for this offseason. Um, it's nothing crazy. It's things, you know, weaknesses. Obviously, other stuff that I can improve on, I'll be working on during the, uh, during the offseason. But these are the main ones that I think will improve my game the best. And that will make me a better player next season and be able to be more competitive. So, And I think it's really important that you mention that just real quick because it's one of those things where in the offseason you can be like, oh, well, I want to do this, 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 this. Just list off six different things, seven, whatever, however many things you want. But that going all the way back to the beginning of the episode, that is not obtainable. That is something that you are not going to be – able to obtain we can obtain three things this offseason we can each work on these three things work to get better at these three things and ensure that this is what we get better at and then you know during the summer or whatever we continue to gradually work on some of those other things we want to work on but the offseason is not one where you reinvent your game it's one where you pick a couple of things, you get better at them, and you gradually grow your game. And then the next offseason, you pick three different things, and you reinvent that. And then you gradually continue to get better and better. I mean, it goes back to literally every single sport. I mean, Paul McBeth was not a world champion after his first season playing disc golf, right? So it's one of those things where you can have to continue to understand what's weak in your game be honest with yourself, look yourself in the mirror, and get better at those things. Because if you don't do that, you're never going to get better. And I feel as though if you're listening to this podcast, if you love disc golf enough that you, like, you're listening to this podcast, you follow us on Instagram, you probably want to get better. You don't want to be shooting plus 32 every single time or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? You want to get better. You want to get that score closer to even, maybe even finish under par every now and then. And let's be honest, you know, yeah, sure, I shot minus six yesterday, but we don't always do that. Sometimes you're going to have bad rounds. That's okay. You want to continue to work on those things to get better. And yeah, I, I really think that those are three obtainable goals from each of us that we can get better at. And it helps Anything us. Anything else you got? 
Um, I was going to say it helps us focus. Um, one way to be successful, and it's easy to say I want to be a better disc golfer. One, that's not very specific. And two, how, do you, how are you going to do it? But then, like you said, if you start naming a bunch of stuff, oh, this, I suck at this, I suck at this, I suck at this, you're not going to be able to focus and you're not going to be able to put your uh, time and effort into the things that are going to make you better. Maybe next off-season you work on something else, but you have to be able to focus on specific things and work at those because if you're trying to learn five, six different shots in five months, you're not going to get better at any of them. You have to pick one or two like this obviously is my flex shots. That's the throw that I want to get better at and I want to learn. I'm not trying to learn a flex shot. I'm not trying to learn a turnover, a roller, um, spike hyzer, anything. I'm, that's the throw that I want to learn and get better at. So just being able to focus on what you can work on right now, not a million things. And so, yeah, write down your goals. Um, let us know what you think about our goals. Let us know if they, these are things that you have worked on yourself in the past and what helped you. Maybe maybe there's some things that we said that we were going to do to get better at certain things that maybe didn't work. And maybe you can save us some time, save us some uh, some throwing. Let us know. But that's all I have. Yeah, I got one more, I got one more thing uh, before we get out of here is when you're doing this and – don't be that guy who's like, I suck, I suck, I suck, I need to get better at these 10 different things. Like you were saying, have a positive mindset. Pick yourself up when you do good. Understand what you did good so that you can apply it to the next one. If you do bad, if you mess something up, don't self-deprecate yourself. Don't get on to yourself. Don't get on to yourself on a personal level. Get on to yourself about what you can do better. I think a very good example of this, I want to say it was Paul McBeth at a while this year where he missed a putt that he absolutely had to have but instead of being like oh I suck oh man I can't make any putts instead he said look you have to understand when there's a tailwind the disc is going to rise or fall or whatever he said you can't throw it here because it's going to do something different at the basket so that's something where when you do mess something up learn from it understand what you're messing up and work at that. Don't run away from it. Don't run away from the negatives in your game. Don't just say that you suck and move on. That's very small-minded in my opinion, and that's going to keep you from never being able to grow. So having that positive mindset, understanding what you're doing bad, understanding what you're doing good, and growing on those things and picking yourself back up, I think that's very critical to inevitably becoming a better disc golfer and in the end, maybe even becoming a better person because you'll, you'll be, you won't do that to yourself personally. Um, so I don't know, maybe that, maybe there's a little meta, maybe there's a little life advice, but, uh, nonetheless, I thought this was a really good show. We want to hear your goals. We would love to hear your goals. We want, if you know, we're going to hold each other, each other accountable to our own goals. We want to hold you accountable, uh, accountable, golly, uh, to your goals. So we want you to send us in your goals on Instagram. If you're watching on YouTube, comment down below what your goals are for this off season. We want to know, we let us know our DMS are literally always open. If, if you're someone who's deemed dm'd us before i want to say 99 out of 100 times you we've responded um and if we haven't dm us again and we will respond we want to respond to literally every single person that we can so we want to hear your goals we want to help you continue to get better if you haven't already hit that subscribe button right now we've got a great off season lined up so we want to continue to grow with you 
We appreciate you guys that are stopping by here and listening. We appreciate you guys that are checking us out on Instagram. If you haven't already, follow us. We're on track to 500 followers. We're going to have a pretty sick giveaway when that happens. So hit that subscribe button. Leave a rating and review if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts. We really do appreciate those things. Let us know what we need to get better at, what you want to see, episode ideas, anything you want to put. We definitely do appreciate that. And uh, that's going to wrap it up for this week. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Chain Clankers podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Chain Clankers and hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to us from so you never miss another episode.